Hello. Hi. And welcome to a very special Friday night edition of Literarily Wasted. How are you? I'm great. I assume Adam, that you're great. You? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have two very, very special guests tonight with us. So without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce them. Uh, introducing the New York Times bestselling authors of Kill the Farm Boy, Delilah S. Dawson, and Kevin Hearn. Welcome. Hey. There they are. Hello. How are y'all? Awesome. Oh, we're doing great. Good. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. We've already been chatting for like 30 minutes, so that was like, a, I didn't mean, I don't know why I asked that. So, they, so they can know. Uh, so if you're just, if you're joining us, welcome in the audience. Uh, we're going to be taking your questions and asking them. We'll try to get through as many questions as we can. Um, and so, uh-oh, there goes my computer freaking out. We're good. Um, so while you, uh, while y'all, y'all's questions start coming in, we'll start with, we'll start with one. I'll ask an easy one. Um, so we, we actually did have a long conversation about bread in our live discussion on Wednesday. And this came up. Uh, Katie Dahl is, uh, is the person who asked the question. She wants to know, what kind of bread would you want to conjure should you only be able to conjure one type of bread? <laughs> Do you want to go? Uh, that's a tough one. Oh, yeah. Ladies first, of course. Um, I mean... Uh, Ideally, it would be like a, a gluten-free bowl, like the kind that you cook in your Dutch oven that's super crispy, um, you know, where you eat like half of it while it's hot and you eat the rest toasted throughout the week. Um, second place would probably be, I can't eat gluten anymore, and bread's my favorite food, so I have, I think about it constantly, um, much like Lord Toby. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, can, I can find like a, a decent gluten-free English muffin and toast it until it's like super crannies and crunchy and the butter melts into it, so... I should have eaten dinner before we had this conversation. <laughs> um, bread. Really we're we're drinking our dinner right now. Yeah. Um, you you ever seen Ratatouille? Where uh, oh yeah, you know, they're sitting there and they're zooming. Listen to the crackle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's what I love is is French bread that's super hot and fresh and all that good stuff and has the crackle to it. Um, yeah, you just tear up a hunk of that and go after your soup or whatever it is that you're having and it's great. I, love I mean, it. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt here, but I just need to confirm. So you want your bread to have been massaged by rats. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, he was very, very sanitary. You saw him wash his hands with a whole droplet of water. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Let's, let's bring it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, we got a lot of people saying, Hey, in the chat. Saying, so glad Hello, you're everybody. here. Uh, Roberta says, Kevin is even prettier than his author pick. So, <laughs> you got, I get that you a lot. You got yourself a fan. Calm down. Hey, Roberta. <laughs> we just started. Um, all right. Well, now you'll know the answer to the bread question. Yeah. Um, so, one of the things that really drew me to this book before I read it is that it's taking the classic fairy tale format and just completely screwing with it, basically. So, I mean, I'd really love to know kind of what inspired y'all to do that and I guess how much fun it was because it seemed like y'all had a blast. We did. You want to go fun? Well, but it was your idea. It was Kevin's <laughs> idea. Oh, okay. Um, well, uh, what we what we were doing, we were in, uh, we were in Dallas and we had done an event with uh, Charlene Harris and, and Jay Wells and uh, also uh, Rachel Kane and 
we were about to leave. We were in the Dallas airport and it was like 10 a.m. And we somehow wound up at this airport barbecue joint, um, which is, you know, you generally don't want to be there. But <laughs> it was the wrong one. Everyone told us on Twitter to go to the other barbecue place. But the only one we could go to was the one they were like, don't go there. Like, <laughs> the witch will get you. Like, we went to the bad barbecue place. Yeah, it was because it was that was the only place in the terminal that had barbecue. We were in the wrong terminal. So um, anyway, we, we go to this place and we just we got our terrible food and we sat down. And uh, and we were just thinking, why don't we do, you know, we get kind of um, excited after an event like that. We get all inspired. We had a wonderful night out uh, the night before, uh, just laughing, having a great time. And I think, wouldn't it be nice to upend the the uh, the white male power fantasy trope, you know, and where the farm boy always has somebody come along and tell him how important he is. And uh, he's secretly got his awesome destiny ahead of him. And why don't we just mess with that? And we would do an anthology. Uh, called Kill the Farm Boy, where we had a bunch of short stories and, and the farm boy kept dying in every single one. <laughs> and, and so that was the original idea was to do an anthology, but it didn't work out just because it's hard to get a bunch of people to to do that. And um, so we uh, we wound up, it was like a year later, right? Delilah, Delilah uh, emailed me and said, homie, why don't we just write it together? Just we'll write a novel instead of, you know, a short story. And we'll do it together. I'm like, well, that I'd never like it. Just had never occurred to me to even try to to write, uh, you know, with somebody else. Well, I think I'm my like, exact words were, Kevin, Kevin, you write half a book <laughs> for twice the money. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, hmm, you know, that was a, a seriously like a beard stroking moment. Hmm, okay, uh, I like this math, but uh, yeah, we we decided to to just give it a try. And we started writing uh, a little bit of a like I think we wrote five chapters. Yeah, something like that. I don't even think we I don't even think we introduced all the characters. Uh, yeah. Our sample, like. Yeah, we 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 written just the first five chapters, and uh, we had a blast doing it. And then we outlined the rest, and then sent it to our agents and said, "Can you sell that?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's that's how it worked. Yeah, that's that's basically what it was. So. It was an idea for an anthology that then turned into, you know, writing the whole thing together a, a year later. So, but with the original idea, we had ideas for the tropes we wanted to flip, which was, uh, you know, like the the chainmail bikini, where we were like, okay, but what if she has a valid reason for wearing her chainmail bikini and it's not for the male gaze, or you know, the guy who wants to be a dark wizard not because he wants power, but you know, just because he's really into like bureaucracy. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, and the, the wizard who thinks he's really great and can only do one really stupid thing. And yeah, so we, we had like this list of tropes we wanted to skewer. And the oh. thief, you know, the rogue who was super clumsy. So here I have, this is great, from our club member Justin Schwartz says, thanks for such a fun book. It was very humorful. When you wrote Argabella's songs, did you have any specific tunes in mind besides Hit Me With Your Best Shot? Yeah, what did we miss? What other songs were there? <laughs> I don't I don't think we did uh, have... Like Kevin, you wrote all of the other songs, and I think I wrote uh, Hurry to the Next Spot. Hurry to the Next Spot. Yeah. Uh, all the rest of them, I didn't really have a tune necessarily in mind because I knew that whatever tune I had, it would just wind up being different anyway once Luke Daniels recorded it for audio. So I didn't want to have uh, anything specific in mind because then... 
I would risk being disappointed <laughs> instead of being surprised and ple pleasantly so, yeah. you know, once Luke did his version. So uh, that that's why I never really had any kind of tune in mind when I did it because uh, it, it, I didn't used to think of audiobooks while I was writing, but now I do all the time. Um, so it makes me leave out, you know, a lot more dialogue tags and things like that so that things keep flowing because when you're doing the audio reading, of course, you know who's talking pretty well because the narrator will change their voice. So, well, I will say we we had a uh, a group member uh, Jenny Jones in Facebook actually cover that on her ukulele last night with some bunny ears. We'll we'll have to <laughs> get that and send it to you guys. It was, it was pretty so amazing. Yeah, she's she's really good. She's a music student. Um, Kevin, this is this is solely for you, but I've I have two beard questions from some members. So the fir the first one. This from Jody on Facebook. She wants to know, Kevin, does the Dark Wizard um, wish that he had your beard? One. Yes. yes. He wishes he had any beard. But he, he would love your beard. His oh, well, beard you. is very, very wispy and not very... It's uh, like mine. You know, bodacious. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the second one comes from our friend uh, Jay in England, actually, and he wants to know, he, he has a fine beard as well, uh, do you use any oil in your beard or how do you treat and condition your beard? I do sometimes. Um, okay. it, it depends. Yeah, um, it, it's called Badger uh, beard oil. Is that a Canadian specific? Uh, I don't believe it is a Canadian specific brand. Um, I I picked it up in the states, and I haven't actually tried to use it or or not use it, but I mean I haven't tried to pick it up here yet. Or uh, so I I am assuming at some point I will find a Canadian equivalent. Usually it's just soap and water, and it comes out all nice and soft and you know ready to go. Yeah. There you go, Jay. Yeah. yeah. Now you know the beard magic. So this question is from <laughs> Julie Turner Wheeler. Uh, she wants to know what your writing process was. Did y'all have specific characters that you were responsible for developing or did you split it up by chapter or adventure? Okay. Can I ask first, what do you guys think? Oh, <laughs> well, I, I'll, if, if I, I'll hop in. I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> the, the, great, the great thing I think about our book club is we get, I'm not a reader, but I'm a gamer. And so I, I'm getting exposed to all these great authors that I would have never, ever found. And so I don't know how you guys write otherwise, but now after reading this, I'm really interested to go explore, you know, all the different things so I can even see. But I couldn't tell at all that, you know, the only other book that we've read that was uh, a joint uh, co-authored book was uh, our first book, Good Omens. And and I could tell there where the juxtaposition of the authors was. I have no idea. So I agree. There was so something we, so we, seamless. Sir Terry and Neil. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah. I think you wrote it. You both had the the type your keys on the same keyboard, and you were just <laughs> like typing together. Is is how that works. Well, yeah. Why don't you tell them, Bud, how we did it? Because it, it, I like it when you say it, basically. Yeah, so we um, we believe that we work best when nothing is really kind of sacred to anybody, where there's no real kind of ownership and we're not diva-esque about things. So we came up with the characters together and we came up with the um, outline together, roughly knowing who would do what. Um, but then we had no idea who would write which chapter. So it kind of happened where Kevin would write the first chapter and send it to me. I would edit it, write the second chapter, send it to Kevin. He would edit it, write the third chapter, send it to me. 
And then if somebody was like, if, you know, if I started something in chapter three and I'd really love to write the next chapter for the next character, is that okay with you, buddy? Yeah, I wanted to do five and six anyway. Like, it was very, like, kind back and forth. But um, one of the things we found interesting was one of us might have come up with a character during the story breaking, and then the other person ended up getting the chapter where they were introduced. <laughs> so oh, that's fantastic. Unsacred yeah. to the point where, you know, I think, I can't, I can't remember which ones, but yeah, we, we just, I, I remember I did Lord Toby. Yeah. <laughs> you did yeah. And, and then, um, yeah, I came up with, with, uh, well, I think it was the other way around. I came up with Lord Toby and then you wrote Lord, yeah. Lord Toby's first chapter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, Delilah created the character of Fia, but I wind up writing Fia's first chapter. So, um, yeah, it, it was just uh, a thing where uh, – and it didn't mean that I wrote all of Fia's chapters after that. It, it just wound up being – I happened to write the first one. Um, and uh, then, you know, we, we both wound up writing all of the characters at some point. It just depended on where it fell in, in the outline. So. And then at wow. the end of the book, I always said, wait, can I write a new chapter one? And then I went and wrote a new chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, yes, Justin's guess was way off. Right. He said he was imagining the pottery scene from Ghost, except with a computer keyboard. <laughs> well, they're also like 2,000 miles away. <laughs> yeah. It's ghost yeah. magic, I guess. Nice. Yeah, it was, so that, what happened is like, we, we both, it's like the, the first drafts were uh, kind of distinctive, um, but once I've edited Delilah and she has, edited me, the, the voices kind of ran together into a sort of hybrid third voice. And uh, that's how you get this um, this particular thing. And the, the reason that I uh, knew it was working the way we wanted is because my editor, Trisha Narwani, uh, who did all my Iron Druid stuff, she knows my voice very, very well. But when we turned in these chapters, she's like, I can't tell which ones you did and which ones Delilah did. So that we were like, okay, perfect. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Uh, it was also great writing standpoint because our first draft was actually more like a third draft wow hmm. yeah so leanne mott wants to know who wrote morningwood oh we talked about this this was good yeah gotta say that i think that was a favorite for the whole book club yeah like like she said some of them read it twice <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They're very vigorous. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I remember getting that you know the first time in my in my mailbox and I read and I'm like, oh my god, Delilah, no, you did it, you know, and I'm just like shouting, <laughs> at my um, and and giggling my head off uh, at, at what she was doing there. And yeah, that's uh, the point of the morning would if it can't even make a movie. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I really, really lost it on that one. And then uh, I was also thinking, like, my God, you know, there's going to be so many kids who might wind up reading this, <laughs> and it will just go over their heads. Yep. And then, like, five years later, they'll be like, oh, shit. And some adults. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of adults. Yeah, <laughs> we actually talked about that. Um, you know, Tally and I have kids, and I was like, you know, you could actually they could introduce totally this read this to the and kids. They have no and then, idea. It's but it's, it is. It's like it's that perfect kind of like Ratatouille or you know some of the the cartoons where they they're throwing in those adult jokes the whole time through, and that's that's one of the best kids movies, right? Where you you the, the parents are there enjoying it just as much as the kids, and the the kids look over and they're like, "Why are you laughing?" <laughs> 
the, the thing that I do really have to stress here on a more serious note is that writing that chapter about the morning wood was very hard. Oh, <laughs> oh she did it. <laughs> they're, don't worry. In the comment section, they're they're also they're also coming up with their own morning wood jokes. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Moore says morning wood sort of sneaks up on you when you aren't expecting it. So, uh, thanks, Jeff. So similar, a follow up on your writing style. Uh, Adrian Lamb asks a follow up for that. So, how did you agree what to do if y'all diverged on how to advance the plot? Like, was there ever a moment, I guess, where you kind of disagreed on how things would progress not in this book um, <laughs> yeah we we, uh, we finally had a disagreement in book three when we were writing book three but we were lockstep and uh you know having a great time with books one and two uh and then it was like near the end of book three like the, the last third of book three where we finally yep. had that like a the, different way we were gonna go i'm sorry what bud it was the dingle chapter yeah, yeah, the Dingleberry chapter. Dingleberry. Which, uh, yeah. Looking forward to looking forward to, <laughs> to digging my claws into the Dingleberry chapter. Really picking out the we, good bits. I'm, I'm really proud. I'm honestly really proud of the Dingleberry chapter because uh, usually the copy editor just does the copy edits and that's it. But on the Dingleberry chapter, we finally got an actual editorial comment from her, oh. and it was just she she just highlighted a sentence and just said. You've outdone yourselves with this. <laughs> and, uh, I was gonna say, is that a good thing or a bad thing? We thought it was good because, uh, well, just because you can usually never make a copy editor do that. <laughs> so, you know, the, the fact that we we it's I like felt trying to make the up. Buckingham Palace guards smile, like they mm. just like, they're very focused. A total yeah. win. Exactly. Was that kind of a goal that you know your whole time is? It, where you're that's like your side quest <laughs> the whole time is just to like get get that copy editor and be like we did it that if, if we can make them laugh and and have a good time then we'll win everybody over it's not something i actually am trying to go for but i always am happy when it when it does happen it usually happens you know once every three or four books i'll get some comment like that you're a really good copy editor, you know, but uh, it's hard It's hard to make her uh, say something. So uh, I was very proud of that. Well, I mean, this, writing these books is like doing improv, and Kevin and I are just trying to crack each other up and, and kind of outdo each other in a, a friendly, loving sort of way. So that the best is when you get your chapter back, and, you know, Kevin's written, Teehee! <laughs> <laughs> I got a teehee! <laughs> yeah. That, that was always fun. Uh, to, to, I, I loved getting the chapters because I knew, I'm like, this is going to be a great day. Delilah's going to crack me up, and then I get to try to figure out how to write something that will crack her up. So it was good. Yeah. Nice. Great. So speaking of improv, um, I guess, what are your backgrounds? I, I know a little bit. I've listened to your podcast. We can talk about that a little bit later. So I, I know a little bit of the influences, but um, talk a little bit to that. Like, how... How did you develop that, or, or what's your background with maybe uh, theater or improv or maybe Dungeons and Dragons and questing that that may have helped you kind of kind of go through that process? Hmm. Do, you, do you have a, a background in theater, buddy? Oh, I mean, I I was I lettered in theater in high school. If that's Ooh, what I mean. wow. Yeah, so I did I did theater and I did um, Odyssey of the Mind. You know, which is all about kind of quick thinking and and puns and that sort of thing. Um, 
and I'm a, I've always been like an artist and a writer, so like it's all very creative. But I definitely like the the, the aspects of of improv. It's the same way, you know, when we go to our conferences and you're on a, a panel, like I don't want to do homework, but like if you throw me up in front of an audience doing our all bards D and D with our friends, like there's nothing I love more than that. Oh my god, this could be fun, you know, that that on the spot performance. Yeah. Whereas Kevin I... <laughs> used to be a singing waiter. Yeah. What? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. In college, uh, I, I was at this place called uh, Black Bart Steakhouse, and uh, they—it still exists, or at least I think it does. Um, and you would go in there and you'd have yourself a steak dinner, whatever. And there was a person at the front playing piano, and the waiters would take turns singing songs. And every half hour, there would be a chorus where all the waiters go up and sing, you know, a show tune like Oklahoma or something like that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's what I used to do in college to uh, pay the old rent. It was a lot of fun. So you are the bard. Amazing. <laughs> uh, you, you, I don't really play an instrument. Book about being the bard, homie. <laughs> <laughs> You're the bard. That's no, true. I, I love did. that. That's actually that's how we met. Is I went to college for theater. I was doing theater, and he was a music major, a voice major, and was a singer. She and saw so me on stage singing... There. Oh, what a beautiful morning! From the Oklahoma. first time yeah. we ever met. So yeah. And I said he's gonna want to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing a tux, so you know it was inevitable. Uh, if there are anybody, if there's anybody listening who's an opera fan, um, here's a tiny bit of trivia. Uh, I worked at this restaurant with a guy who is now a world-class professional tenor. His oh, name wow. is Brandon Jovanovich, and that's uh, spelled with a J-O-V-A-N. Uh, uh, so Yovan, if you look up Brandon Yovanovich and his recordings, you'll see he's been in almost everything. He's he's fantastic. He, he wow. toured around the world, different operas. Is there an umlaut in there? <laughs> uh, it, 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 no, that's 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 Eastern European, okay. not Germanic. Right. <laughs> but if it is, yeah, it was definitely humbling to be on stage next to that guy because he that was one of his songs. It was Oh, what a beautiful morning! Oh, uh, and he belted that out like you wouldn't believe. It was something else. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so. Justin on Facebook is asking um, where he can get the recipe for invigorated ham jam. <laughs> talk a little bit about it. And also, you, what is invigorated You were telling us about jam. that, about writing that chapter. Just talk about that in general, because that was a great chapter for us to read and discuss, because we love talking about food. But yeah, invigorated ham jam. Um, well, part of this, the I wrote... Uh, I think Delilah wrote w one part of the feast scene and then I wrote the other part of it. I can't remember I how it went. The part I wrote was in parentheses and said, Kevin, insert your luscious food here. <laughs> <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote the turtle hog. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was great. Um, but when we had gone to uh, New York a couple of times and uh, when you go, I was struck by going to uh, these little sort of hipsterish, you know, kind of uh, food places in New York City. And you get the um, the menus, and they are full of these sort of poetic and semi-ridiculous descriptions of food. And I, I, I actually really enjoyed how creative they were. So uh, I kind of took note. And uh, then when it came time to, uh, you know, start writing food stuff, I just went for it. And uh, we were lovingly poking fun at feast scenes in fantasy novels there. Mm. And we wanted to just kind of turn it up, you know, kind of a, to a ridiculous snatch. 
because of course you've read some feast scenes that are like pages and pages long. And uh, I think there are even cookbooks that exist that are based on fantasy novels. There right? are. So, yeah. Uh, so we don't have a recipe for invigorated ham jam. We just wanted you to use your imagination on that one. <laughs> well, but uh, yeah, I'm just having a great I time with this idea. Like, I think that you would put like spam in a blender. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so when are we getting the How cookbook is- for yeah. inspired by Kill the Farm oh, yeah. Boy or inspired by Pell in general? Yeah, that'd be fun, huh? Uh, <laughs> if you're going to invigorate that spam, what would we put in there to invigorate it? Some uh, some hot sauce, some yeah, uh, yeah. pineapple. I would say Jim. <laughs> yes, that, that that would invigorate it as well, wouldn't it? That sounds Ooh. disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Adam Russell Pittman wants to know which character do you each identify with and why. I had not actually. <laughs> I guess. Um, I mean, I I look absolutely nothing like her, but uh, Fia, I like her a lot uh, because uh, she's somebody who, um, who who would rather leave her past behind her and go forward with uh, a life of peace. And um, so I can relate to that personally. So I would I I really like Fia in her personal quest. And then what she is after, um, so I, I guess it would be her. But I'm not in any way, you know, <laughs> a huge fighter of any kind. So um, I, I don't have much in, in common with her in that regard. And I and, and I, I look terrible in a bikini. So there you go. What about you, buddy? I mean, probably Gustav. Gustav. <laughs> <laughs> why why okay. Gustav? Um, I'm very food motivated. <laughs> That's fair. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, you know me, like, I don't really have uh, grand ambitions or a plan. It's like, all right, cool, let's go. That's fine. We can do that. <laughs> sure, that sounds good. Um, and I, I like it when other people clean up after me. <laughs> <laughs> I like Hopefully it's just... Big. Um, I like boots a lot. Yeah. These all sound like great reasons. You just wrote yourself I mean, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the best moment when the whole thing came together was uh, Kevin wrote the very first chapter with Worsley and Gustav and just the line. And as Luke says it, y'all are intense. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, that's, that's set the tone for this book. Yeah, it was great. Let's uh, see. Oh, so many questions to choose from. Julie Turner Wheeler asked, did you know when you started the story that the team that would succeed in the end would be all women and a goat? That the, the team that would succeed in the end would be all women and a goat? Oh, yeah, okay. we lost Ultra, so we've, we're done to... We lost We're just Toby, women. Yeah. Lost Toby, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think that we had... I don't think we knew it when we started, but we knew before we ended it, if that makes sense, because we had we had wound up uh, outlining it. So we did know that we were going to lose Poltro and then um, and then also lose Toby. Um, so, yeah, we, we didn't know otherwise. Um, but one thing that we we did want to make sure is, I mean, one of the things that we uh, were uh, wanting to do was to have a. Uh, a, a very loving female-female uh, relationship with a happy ever after. You don't actually see a lot of those yeah. um, in, in in books. So 
that was one thing that we were uh, kind of solid on from the very beginning. Uh, but I don't think we realized uh, at first that we were going to have all women at the end. I guess that's something that definitely came up in our discussion is everyone, when we just read the first half, everyone said the love story was so pure and so kind. It was something that I think really did touch all of us, that it was just, there was something so innocent and perfect about it. Yeah, it was, it was like a, the what? sweetest love. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like lustful or anything like that. It was just like a sweet love that blossomed, which was really, really nice for everybody. Yeah. Well, I think, I think in like a fantasy world, it, it feels real. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about all this kind of outlandish stuff that's all fun and, and goofy, but I guess you can really equate that just pure love. Um, but yeah, I think everyone, uh, bravo on that, because I think everyone walked away just really loving that part. <laughs> Um, I've got a really good question. From, oh, wait, real quick. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. I cut Christy off. Christy was going to say something. I was going to say pretty much the same thing you said. Just everyone really appreciated that relationship. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so glad. <laughs> Here's a good question from Jeff Moore on Facebook. I would like to know the, their comedy inspirations. Uh, what are those? Uh, unless I missed that part. Mel Brooks, Spinal Tap, which I'm guessing uh, Christopher Guest and Douglas Adams were questions. So, yeah, what... Uh, you know, that's that's kind of what I took away. We we all kind of talked about Monty Python, but I said to me this feels a little bit like um, more like a Mel Brooks to me, especially the beginning with uh, Poltro and the horse and her horses. Uh, oh, I forget what's her horse called. It's it's a black. It's like snowflake. Yeah. Snowflake. It's a black horse named Snowflake, and she has to get open. Yeah, she has to get off, open the fence, <laughs> the gate, get Go back on. You know, get off the horse. So yeah, what, what are those inspirations that you guys, I guess, gravitate towards or or grew up with that that kind of define your sense of humor? Well, I really hate getting off of horses to close gates. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> it showed. Um, I I. I was really into Douglas Adams, yeah, um, when I was a wee lad, and uh, still adore him. And um, I, uh, I, Mel Brooks uh, was also awesome, but I, but to a lesser extent, I think mostly uh, kind of Douglas Adams was the uh, was the big one there for me. So. Yeah, and people had questions about maybe Terry Pratchett, like they saw a lot of Discworld influence. Only, Sorry. Yeah, I had only read a couple of those. Uh, I don't know how many of you read, buddy, but uh, I. I read I read as many as were available when I was like 14, 15 ish, I think. I remember the one about the face that went clib. I remember that. Especially <laughs> like, I had a, that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that you could get at Barnes and Noble for $9.99 around Christmas. And it's like, you would just put that by the toilet because you could open it to literally anything <laughs> and just have a great time reading it. And I thought that was so magical. That's some great life advice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell it time. So, so I have a question. This is it's it's also a question I kind of have, but I'm going to start it with Bethany Howard's question on Facebook, um, and it's basically about names. She's asking about Toby and if Toby was named for Toby from The Office. But my question was more, uh, so you can answer that one. But also, I had had like a theory about names, and y'all had been talking about some names that we need to definitely clear up for yeah. everybody. Um, because I started because all the names, most of the names seem to have some sort of like pun or significance, like staff and. Uh, stuff like that, Poltro, being afraid of chickens and stuff like that. So I started thinking like, okay, I, I tried to find 
something with everybody's name like dark lord toby does that mean like dark lord to be and he's not quite one yet or like i started reading it all this stuff so uh first of all is toby named after toby from the office and second of all like what are all the, the significance of all the names if there is any okay um so no he's not i okay uh, i will confess i have never watched a single episode of the office and i don't <gasps> know what the office is so okay. uh so no that clears that up that? <laughs> yeah uh sorry uh it, it's based on uh or the name inspiration for me came from sir toby belch from shakespeare's 12th night um oh. so uh <laughs> he, you know he sir toby and or, or you know the dark lord toby is not really a drunken fool necessarily but he is very much a clown the way sir toby was um and uh that's kind of that's where it came from and i also thought i just wanted a kind of a sort of a friendly sounding name that would you know not really go well with the idea of the dark lord you know so that was basically what i was going for you you know whenever you have uh the dark lord you're expecting a sort of uh some kind of uh terrible name to go with it like sauron right so uh that was what i was doing there um and what about uh some of the other names buddy actually with toby i originally i offered timothy because yeah. so I've got synesthesia, so names really attach hardcore with with colors and attitudes in my head. And I knew that Timothy was the weakest kid I knew growing up. Like he was <laughs> like the color of a broom straw, and you could have knocked him down. He was basically um, regular sized Rudy from Bob's Burgers. He was like you don't even know how to stand himself up. So I was like the Dark Lord Timothy, but then then Kevin came up with with Toby. But yeah, it was very much the 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 honest like what is the least Dark Lord name we can possibly think of. Yeah, it, of Toby. Like, I'm sorry if you named Jason Voorhees Toby, you'd be like, "Ha Toby." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there, there you go. Uh, the, the other names, though, uh, Poltro was both uh, the chicken thing, but also wasn't it also Poltroon? Yeah, Poltroon. Yeah. Um, so there's another word for folks to look up in case. Uh, I, uh, was I, was, I was, yeah. was going to pretend to be really smart and be like, oh, yes, of course. Yes, 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 yes. We like big dorky words. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what else did we do? Uh, uh, Your other one was uh, Theo? The sandwich. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so talk about the sandwich. So, so we had talked about this before we got on. And, you know, we've been saying Grinda the whole time because, and, and I said, yeah, that's how they say it in the audio book. Is Grinda the sandwich? And, and then so, you just educated us. Yeah, so educate us, please, because this makes way more sense now. <laughs> oh, just we, well, you know, we originally were thinking, okay, what about Glenda the Good Witch and then Grinda? And then Kevin realized that Grinda, Grinder is a sandwich. So we Grinda. There it is. See? So her name's actually Grinda. And she's a hero. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry? She's a hero. Yeah. Get it? With crabs. So, yes. yep. a hero with crabs. This is something we would um, never I'm know. not sure what else. Yeah. Um, in terms of, uh, I mean, bestly and worstly was the thing that I just kind of cracked up about <laughs> yeah. uh, that Delilah did. And then uh, uh, Fia didn't really necessarily have a great, uh, do you, I don't think she had a, a big story behind her, right? Um, that's just, yeah. we just liked that name. And then uh, Ar Arabella, we were just trying, you know, I, I guess uh, it was just an attempt to come up with a, a sort of a, a non-lyrical name for a bard. Basically. <laughs> Arg is a pretty harsh sound. Yeah. 
exactly. It's the earth sound. That's why it's called murder and not muck. Muck duck. Yeah. Which is an office <laughs> quote. Which Kevin misses. Yeah. So sorry. I'm so yeah. That's just sailing right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe wants to know who inspired the dread necromancer Steve. None of us know him, but we all I hate, hate him. <laughs> um, who inspired him? I don't know. That was also a thing like the Dark Lord Toby. We just, we also wanted to come up with a, a name for the Dread Necromancer that was very, very common in pedestrian <laughs> shows. That's just Steve. Yeah. Well, there's also um, an episode of Flight of the Concords where they're doing a rap with the rhinoceros and the hip hop hippopotamus. And at one point he's like, why are you always saying bad things about us, Steve? Why, Steve? What'd we do? Um, so I definitely like the idea of uh, this terrible guy named Steve. Like, I, I just remember connecting it to that song and like, Steve, again, like it's hard to be scared of somebody named Steve. Ugh, hate that guy. <laughs> hate that guy. Yeah, Steve, man. Not as much as for a second, but my, my, uh, my computer has come unplugged oh. and oh. it's got yeah it says you're about to run out of power there buddy so i gotta disappear for a second and replug it you are good computer. sorry about that this is a casual <laughs> i just had to have my husband come in and plug in my computer too so we're <laughs> smart plug yeah, that song's gonna be stuck in my head all night long oh man victory yes victory. we have the power okay going so i'm gonna go way back here a little bit when you first started talking you were talking about when you first came up with the story you began with the the anthology and we had some comments in the beginning from a couple of members about where is that did we have access to that did you ever consider creating another an addition to pell that would be short stories of anthologies or how this all started because everybody got super excited and wanted to read that <laughs> Um, well, we will remind everybody that there are two whole other novels that you can that you can read. In yeah, we got No Country for Old Gnomes next, and the other one's back like there. And then uh, yeah, The Princess Beard. It's also, um, there's a short story in yeah. the book. I believe it's Unfettered Three from Grim Oak Press. Uh, we have a special short story in there. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to we'll have to link that. Uh, Add it to somewhere. your list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of fun too, and um, we, I think some some folks were asking, "Hey, are you going to write more? Maybe someday." Um, if you guys uh, spread the word and uh, tell everybody how much fun you had and uh, get lots of folks to read it, then Delray will say, "Hey, let's do some more of those." Um, but uh, at the moment, Delilah and I are both working on you know other series, but we can always come back to Pell because it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's definitely fun anthology if i remember correctly like we were super jazzed about it but then we started like compiling lists and maintaining spreadsheets and other writers had to talk to their agents and we both were like oh my god if i wanted to do this much math i would do my taxes like yeah everyone in the comments is saying more we need more so we'll spread the word you uh, heard it yeah. literally wasted yeah, we yeah, we hope you guys uh, enjoy the next couple of books, and then uh, yeah, shout about it aloud. Entice you to like spread the word. We actually um, have talked about a book that will include the Dread Me Necromancer <gasps> Steve, so you can actually what? get it. Oh, yeah, the Steve. yeah. It, it was going to be a thing where you know that the Dread Necromancer Steve he gets mentioned in No Country for Old Gnomes and the Princess Beard as well. Oh. We had always um, 
intended to eventually get to that guy, (laughs) but, uh, we were just kind of building him up, you know? (laughs) And, uh, so, so we never, you know, we haven't written that book yet, but we had planned to, we've got a plan for a book to do that. So, Oh, that's exciting. Um, yeah. So, uh, Bobby wants to know who came up with the sextopus. I think that was Delilah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, if it was a sex thing, Delilah did. Morning <laughs> one. Like if you looked at the at the at the time that we were writing this, and you look at the chapter that I'm supposed to write, and it's just like you know they go to a bad healer. So I'm trying to think of what is like the worst thing a healer could be. And I was like, filthy and sexual. Don't <laughs> <laughs> wake up in a filthy hut with like this naked, sensual woman popping her dirty fingernail. And yeah. Yeah. Oh God, the visual of the armpit hair wafting into her mouth when she woke up. I was reading it. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> But then, I was, but then I was like, but she's kind of hot, though, right? Like, yeah, but she's dirty. She's dirty. <laughs> but I, I do think Kevin came up with the bog frog smoothie. Yeah. I think if it's food, it's Kevin. And if it's sex, it's <laughs> I, I think what I, what I appreciated most about that entire chapter, and I think everyone was very crushed when Toby left. So, I mean, I, I, I think y'all did a great job writing him in a way where you kind of hate him and he's like a turd. But then you're like, oh, but he's gone. And, and then I really everyone liked him. Loved him. But I love that he had an Elvis tramp stamp. <laughs> I think that was that was one of my that was one of my favorite parts of the entire I think that's book. That's Kevin as well. That's yeah, Kevin. That was uh, Bravo. I Bravo. heard him. My favorite thing I think was I would read the book, and I'm the person when I read, I need to be by myself. Don't talk to me. Leave me alone. I need silence. I'm wrapped up in a blanket. Reading. He will listen to the audiobook on like the surround sound in the basement, and I'll just hear like. The audiobook going, and then all of a sudden I hear him in the basement going, <laughs> <laughs> like, did, you, did you get to the part where Toby had a tramp stamp? That was good. Yeah, I like the um, like making up the the crazy things in you know the underground stuff, mm. and uh, those those things with the tongues that oh. that was the thing that blew me away. Yeah, so. Though, if you do like toby one of the things that we did in the series is like he's in every book like we can bring ghosts back as much as we want to mm-hmm. yeah lord toby Spoiler alert for everybody now you have to read the rest of the series <laughs> yeah yeah lord lord toby and uh the dread necromancer steve and some of these others you know yeah you'll, you'll see him again yeah. so awesome yeah everybody has a callback don't they like everybody yeah. Not bestly and worsely, but the real people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me so much more excited to like, and be like, okay, it's fine. We've yeah, got, we're going to talk for 15 everyone minutes. Everyone was so excited that, you know, I, we, we all really fell in love with all the characters in their own, you know, individual ways by the end of the story, I think. So, yay. All right. Yay. So, thank you. Um, so, this is, I'm going to steal, Lucas usually asks this question, but I'm going to steal it from him. Um, so uh, there's a lot there's a lot of like you know references like a lot of Star Wars references D and D references uh, you know oh wait book three for Star Wars references yeah. uh, so so a question for y'all is like what do y'all geek out about what are your like geek things that you like oh yeah Star Wars Star Wars just Star that's yeah. it <laughs> no um. I love the sticking to Transformers. Like G1 Transformers? 
Um, anything related to James Roberts' run of uh, Lost Light and More Than Meets the Eye through IDW? Um, James Roberts and Nick Roche. I think it's the best book, best comic book I've ever read in my entire life. Oh, that's awesome. I'll check okay. that out. So you like comics? Cool. Uh, Delilah writes comics, actually. I, uh, she, quite oh, a few. Do, do tell us. What a, what a great segue. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, um, my backlist, I've got Star Wars Adventures and Star Wars Forces of Destiny, um, Firefly the Sting. I have a whole Firefly uh, graphic novel. I'm big into Firefly. Marvel Action Spider-Man, I had a year of that. Um, Adventure Time, Labyrinth, Rick and Morty. Uh, and then I have uh, three creator-owned comics, which are Lady Castle, which if you like, hell, you'll like Lady Castle, because the whole book is predicated, what if strange women, lion and pawns, distribute and swords was a great basis for a system of government. <laughs> um, and then Sparrow, Hawk, and Starpig, so. That's, yeah. That's incredible. Well, we'll have to get some links to all those. It's yeah. all on my website. You can link to that. Okay, okay, great. We'll do that. We'll do that. Kevin, what about you? Um, Star Wars, comics, what else? Yeah, my comics. I love Chew. Uh, that was a great uh, C-H-E-W, yeah. uh, where the guy basically takes a bite of something and he knows all about its history. So um, I love that stuff. Um, I used to love Anne McCaffrey's Pern novels when I was a wee lad. Um, and, uh, I still would go back to those every so often. I, I just love the kindness in it, you know? So, um, those were, especially the Harper Hall trilogy. I loved that trilogy. I read that over and over again, uh, when I was a kid. So, um, I think those are my big geek outs. Of course, I love, you know, the general things that a lot of folks do in pop culture right now. Star Wars, of course, is a big one. Um, but um, and then I love the expanse. That's oh yeah, fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's so good. Yeah, uh, yep, they're up there. Good, yes, yeah. I love I that. that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, um, I just I just love what they're doing with that show. That's all. We did have a question. Letter Kenny. That's right. I've heard really great things about it. I it's been in my queue for forever. We had to watch it with subtitles. <laughs> we did. <Yeah. laughs> you, you almost do, and um, it took me a while. Um, because, you know, now I live up here, not far from where the fictional Leonard Kenny might be. Um, I'm kind of out in a rural area of Canada uh, where those folks might be. And they're kind of correct. I mean, they're simplifying a lot of stuff, but they're, they're dividing, you know, rural Ontario into hicks, hockey players, and what they call skids, which are kind of the, the emo goth sort of guys that are probably on drugs so they they've really you know stereotyped a whole bunch of folks there but on the other hand it's sort of kind of the way things do shake out a little bit so i found it very amusing um and spot on and of course absolutely ridiculous in other ways and i just love the creativity of what they're doing with language in there it's so much fun yeah what and i gotta give credit to delilah for getting me started on that because it was fantastic <laughs> I did not even know about it until she told me about it. It was great. In the comments, everybody's going nuts over Letterkenny. But I noticed neither of you said Star Trek. That's okay. <laughs> Adam is a uh, huge, huge Trekkie. Um, we're, trying to, we're trying to heal that. It's not. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. So, so moving on from okay. that, Stephanie wants, <laughs> Stephanie wants to know, do you have any advice for those trying to get started and find and keep motivation to keep going as far as writing goes? We have a whole podcast. Tell us about it, please. Tell us it, it is a great podcast. I've listened to some of it. Go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. You can tell me about it. <laughs> well, it's called Ask 
Bards, because we're Bards, so it's askthebards.com. Uh, we have 14 episodes up now. Um, but we've just been taking, so far we've been taking questions off Twitter um, from people who have writing questions and answering them based on kind of our experience. Um, also, we both have, uh, well, it's like on, on my website, which is whimsydark.com, I've got a writing resources page. I, I didn't write a book until I was in my early 30s. I didn't grow up knowing I wanted to be a writer. I don't have an MFA. I just uh, was spending too much time home alone with two babies under three and started hallucinating and wrote a book as an outlet for creativity and learned everything from my couch in Atlanta. So I'm a big proponent of like, it's not too late. You don't have to have permission. Like you can write a book and do it. So I've got all those links that I used to write. And then on, on the podcast, we also like, we keep show notes. So if we bring up, you know, uh, query shark or something, which is a very important thing for querying your novel. We, we talk about that there, but um, yeah, I think it's, it's hard to like, we could get, we could give you a 45 minute answer right now. Cause we have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, it, we, we pretty much have answered that ex almost exact question on our podcast at, you know, length, like the entire length of this show. We really yeah. go into depth. We try to help out. Um, but uh, just like Delilah, I did not get published. Uh, my first book, Hounded, was published at age 39. So I am also kind of a late starter or actually sort of kind of a normal starter. <laughs> a lot of people uh, don't really get their first book published. Um, you don't see a lot of 20-year-olds that are bestsellers. You'll see a few, but most most folks are, you know, they've lived a little bit longer. They've had more experience and, um, you know, had some heartbreaks and things like that and just have lived a lot longer so that they, they've got a, a, a pool of emotion and experience to draw on when they write. So they wind up getting published a little bit later on in their 30s or 40s even sometimes. So Yeah. So I, I actually, when I was stalking you guys, um, to just learn more about you. I, I found the podcast and I've listened to, I think, you know, five or six episodes and I shared it into the group. And it, what I'll say about this subjectively as an outsider, not an author, but I, I, what I was telling you guys earlier on is I think any creative person who goes through a creative process would benefit in listening to it. And, and for me, kind of being exposed to this literary world, it's really insightful to see what you guys go through because I have no idea. And to see the, what you guys have to do in terms of submissions and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's really great. So I, I highly recommend it. Thank you. Yes, go ahead. Kevin and I are both on, on Twitter quite a bit. He's at Kevin Hearn and I'm Delilah S. Dawson, but if people ask us ungoogleable questions there, uh, we're pretty happy to answer. We, we really like to help people out. So, um, you know, if you, if I have even like a, a post called like 25 steps to being a traditionally published author that I kind of throw at people so I don't have to answer the question. But like the, the writing community is like really nice and helpful and there's a lot of good information out there for free. So we're, we're always happy to help hook you up with it. That's amazing. Well, Leanne, there really you go. That was a thorough how question. Quickly answer. and easily, you said ungoogleable. <laughs> it's a hard one. Because she people, says it a lot in the podcast. People like, how do I get published? And we're like, I've answered this. Like, you can, if you just Google it, it's there. But if it's ungoogleable, we're here for you. Speaking, Ask the boards. Of, Ask speaking the boards. of your fantastic words, there are so many in the book that are fantastical to the point where. We were all guilty of using the Google to try and figure out what they meant. Um, but also that I'm kind of torn 
I have like two questions in my brain and I'm, they're fighting over each other. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the thesaurus one. Where did these words come from? Is this, do you just instantly, do you have this magical brain where you knew all of this or did y'all, was that a conscious decision that you made when we were like, we want to increase everyone's vocabulary drastically. Let's introduce them to all of these incredible new terms. Uh, <laughs> did you actually use a thesaurus? How genius are both of you? <laughs> Let's talk about words. Well, I think Delilah's a genius, yeah. Um, I think Kevin's a genius. Yeah, I, I, uh, she, she threw a couple of new words at me, actually. Um, uh, so that was awesome. Um, I, I really enjoyed that, uh, coming across new stuff. And I don't know if I ever threw any new words you'd never heard of before. Oh, yeah, especially in chapter headings. You found some super fun ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Um, but uh, I, I don't uh, – everything that I write uh, actually just comes out of my old head uh, because I've read a lot and I used to be an English teacher. Uh, that was my day job um, before I became the full-time novelist. So um, right. I, I've read a, a ton of Shakespeare. I've read a lot of old words in Chaucer and so on and so forth, and I geek out about – you know those old letter of the you know word of the day calendars and you mm -hmm. yeah so I have got a whole bunch of stuff uh, you know hanging out up here so here here's a really fun question from Dan Lafferty were you at all tempted to actually write Holden McBone Crunch's fake novel because I thought <laughs> that it had delightfully awful potential <laughs> oh my god oh. That that was a masterful chapter from Delilah. I love that. That was very good. That was a solid, <laughs> uh, solid chapter. Yeah. To deal with trolls. <laughs> oh, it was so perfect. Well, I think it really like we all connected with it, and obviously because working in social media, being online, it's inescapable. Especially Adam and I work with a brand together where we do sketch comedy videos, and the comments are quite often just atrocious. Yeah. Um, so I got such a giggle out of the troll. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we've ever uh, thought of trying to write as a troll. I think it would sort of suck away your soul a little yeah, bit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think, that, you know, you could probably whip out one chapter and put everything into it, and it would be like super, it'd be like, you know, when you throw everything in a dumpster in <laughs> New York in August, and then the juice, oh. like, oh. <laughs> like, you only need a thimble full of that, you know, you don't need, like, a gallon of trash juice. <laughs> I think trash juice. one super terrible chapter short story that took every trolley bad trope, but, you know, a whole book, like, by the end, you'd be like, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'd be a good exercise for one day. You know what I mean? But just one chapter. I mean, there. it would start with you know, like I woke up in the mirror and looked at my breasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah as it goes. And they were perky and perfectly shaped, and they bounced when I went down the stairs. Actually, no, because it would be from his point of view, and it would be like the beautiful girl next door had died, and I would miss her breasts. <laughs> Treated me like two perky puppies. <laughs> yes, why are they always described as puppies? That's not like a, anyway. <laughs> oh. like a whole There is a very amusing <laughs> subreddit called Men Writing Women that just collects those yeah. excerpts and just likes to post them to, to crucify them. Uh, so this question is from 
Adrian Lamb, she says, do y'all go to cons and book fests together, I guess, when the world is normal? Uh, she says, she met Kevin at Phoenix Comic Con right when Hounded came out, and you were awesome. Oh, thank you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I don't, I don't know. What, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure when we're going to get to go to those again. Um, but I think they're going to be doing virtual cons and things like that from now on. Sort of like, sort of like this. This is kind of one. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and it's kind of cool. Um, I mean, we're not seeing everybody who's watching or anything like that, but um, we're, we're hitting your questions and, and loving it and having the interaction that way. So, um, you know, if, if uh, this is what we can do and we all stay safe and healthy, then yay, that's cool. So, so I, I will say, what was the, if you were slated to go to one, like we all were planning to go to Dragon Con because proximity, it's close to us. Um, yeah. What would be the next one you would have gone to? Um, Emerald City. I'd be at BEA right now. BEA. Be right now. It's my first one, and if I think about, like I can't look at the calendar because it makes me really upset. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll be at CanCon if it happens. Uh, it, it's going to happen one way or another. It, it will either be real in October, um, in Ottawa, or it will be virtual. So, uh, one way or another, CanCon in October is a thing that I'm going to be doing. So. We would have had Denver would be coming up, and then San Diego, and then New York. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, my heart. All the, uh, all the good uh, ones. So, talking about death in the book. Uh, weird. Yeah. Anyways, I really loved how y'all killed Worsley. I thought that was hilarious, especially right at the beginning, because the book's called Kill the Farm Boy, and I don't think any of us were expecting for him to die so soon or so like weirdly, like tragically. Gruesomely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bones poking out. Yeah. It was a great visual. So I, I love that. But uh, I was wondering with the other deaths in the book, killing off Toby and Poltro, what was the reasoning behind that? Cause I, it was such a shock when they like started dying. It was very shocking for Toby as well. Yeah. yeah. Poltro <laughs> <laughs> seemed okay with it. Yeah, she actually took that like a champ. Yeah. Yeah. At least she didn't I'm not, have to worry about something. I don't know. Did, did we discuss exactly why we were doing this? I, I'm having <laughs> trouble remembering why. Yeah, I think it was because in these fantasy books, you technically expect your core dungeon party for everybody to escape unscathed. Okay. Um, you know, maybe at the very end, someone dies in an act of like ultimate martyrdom or in an act that spurs, you know, the, the real main characters of the thing. And we're like, what if people just freaking died in like the dumbest way? Yeah. Smoothie. <laughs> the, the dungeon of the necrobees and you get out of the lake of acid and you escape and you're at the healers and you should be fine. Well, you're not. The healer rolled away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I will say... As soon as Poltro ate those mushrooms, I really thought y'all were going to kill off the whole team, like just one after the other. <laughs> and so I was expecting that. And then, of course, that never came. But it, it was a good twist. She likes the death. But we I also, appreciate like, We knew in this world we can do whatever we want. So, like, we knew that they were going to keep popping up anyway. So they're, they weren't really gone. Yeah. We keep abusing them. Mm. All right. We're, we're, we're just about out of time. We want to do one more question. We got a good one. Well, I'm not saying it's a good one. You said that before. I had already taken a breath in, and and now it's too late because I've got the question locked and loaded. It's committed. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> I want to tell it. If anyone is <laughs> pressure pellets. Um, I want to know if anyone has ever done a count. Is there a head count of how many puns are actually in this book? Oh. No, I I haven't. Yeah. You know, has any fan ever come forward and be like, I went through meticulously <laughs> with a pencil and a chart, and there were 587. Um, probably more. Chrissy. Did you I did that? not do that. No. Not yet. Okay. She's not got yet. a time. She's got a spreadsheet. Not yet. Now she's like, mm. yeah. Because yeah, I feel like we, there's so many, and we've caught so many, but even just talking to you now, we realize there's so many more that we've missed. I mean, you could probably read the book 10 times over and catch something new every single time. Yeah. Here's the thing is like, I, I know for a fact that Delilah has slipped some stuff in there that I don't know what it is. Like, like it's a, it's a pop culture reference to something like the office that I've never seen before, you know, whatever it is, but it's, she slips them in there and I'm like, and I can kind of sort of sense it. Like that sentence is weirdly specific about something. And I don't know what that was referring to, but I know that that's gotta be a joke and something, you know? So I, yeah, that stuff happens quite a bit, I think. So She's cold, that kind of thing. Well, those surprises are all over the place. I lied about. But the fun thing is, I'm a goldfish, and I forget everything. Like <laughs> things happen in my head, and they go away, and then I forget that they're there. So who knows? It could surprise me. <laughs> I, li I lied about that last question. This one, this last last one's kind of rapid fire. Who would be your dream movie casting for Kill the Farm Boy? Because um, I'm, I'm going to throw it in there. Adam wants to direct. Uh, yeah, and can, and can I direct that? I told him I would open the door. I was like, don't worry. I'll open the door. That, you know, I'll just throw your name out there. You know, I make movies. Do you have anybody? I, I haven't really well, thought I mean, about now it. Now I'm thinking about casting The Office as the characters. <laughs> like for Kelly. Like before would be Fia. And Toby would be Toby. And I think Prison Mike would have to be Poltro. Like, I think <laughs> that Mike would have to be Poltro. Beautiful. And I think that, like, Dwight would... Um, Right would be, you know, probably Gustav or something. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's someone in the comments. I lost it. I don't know who said it. Sorry. Um, said that they always heard the voice of Gustav in their head as Norm McDonald. <laughs> oh gosh, that's not bad. <laughs> like, bad. um, I, I think specifically when they're like, "Do you want to mesh our 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 arifs? And he was like, <laughs> "Norm Macdonald's voice was in my ear, going, uh, yeah, no." like <laughs> okay. i guess my last question is you know what do you guys have upcoming works that you're about to release or that you're promoting and where can everybody find you because we are so appreciative of your time uh we can't thank you enough but we really you know the great thing for me again not being a reader is discovering all these new authors that i had no idea even existed <laughs> and so it's a treat for me to a get to meet you guys but then say oh the next time I want a hilarious read, I can recommend this to somebody. So what are you guys working on? And you know, where can everybody find you to go learn even more about all the awesome stuff you're doing? Go ahead, bud. Okay. Um, sure. So my website is whimsydark.com because everything I write is whimsical and dark and equal measure pretty much. <laughs> um, I've written a lot of different genres. So I have a like steampunk romance series. I have YA horror and YA thriller. I have a weird West fantasy series. I have all of my comics. Um, I've written some Star Wars books, including Phasma and Black Spire. Um, and then I have two books on the way 
from now that I'm working on. Um, fall 2021, I have a middle grade horror book about, it's a Florida ghost haunted house book uh, called Mind. It'll be out with Delacourt. And then in 2022, I have my next book with Del Rey. It's called The Violence, and it's much more serious. It's kind of a Wanderer's Warehouse stand-esque kind of a, a pandemic that makes people turn on each other and beat each other to death and then wake up like nothing's happened. It's about a, three generations of women dealing with the pandemic of the violence. So um, wow. not all related to the Tales of Pell, but, uh, but they're coming. Talia, your face was priceless. There. I'm sorry. I can't I have a very loud face. <laughs> no, it's great. It's super bad. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, uh, besides the Tales of Pill, um, I'm probably most known for the Iron Druid Chronicles, um, which is a series of nine novels, but with like a, a book of short stories that really works like uh, book eight and a half. Um, and then. Uh, a bunch of novellas and short stories and things like that as well. So um, that is that particular series is finished. However, I have a new series called Ink and Sigil, and that comes out on August 25th, and it is set in the same universe, but with a different protagonist. And some of the characters from the Iron Druid Chronicles show up. And so uh, it, it's a different focus. It's set in Scotland, and it's a ton of fun. And uh, again, that's coming out very soon. So if anybody's a fan of the Iron Druid Chronicles, or if you're just going to get started, you will have more to come. <laughs> um, the other thing I've, I've done is an epic fantasy uh, trilogy. Uh, I've written two of those now, and I will be working on the third one later this year. Um, and it's called The Seven Kennings. And the first book is called A Plague of Giants. The second one is A Blight of Black Wings. Um, much more serious work uh, than my other stuff. And it really explores how do you rebuild a society when it's broken down. Um, and so uh, a, a different kind of approach to uh, rebuilding things and trying stuff out, um, but kind of similar in the sense to what we're going through now with the pandemic. You know, you've got a lot of economic co collapse and supply chain problems and things like that. And the cause of it in the trilogy is different, but, it, you know, it's the same basic problems. And so um, folks might find that relevant and maybe accessible because it's not actually talking about disease, but different stuff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that's uh, kind of what I'm into uh, at the moment. I'm, I've got that on my plate. I'm working on the second book of Ink and Sigil right now. And then the third book of uh, The Seven Kennings will be later this year. And I'm at KevinHearn.com. Or, yeah, KevinHearn.com. And I'm at, at KevinHearn on Twitter. And on Instagram as well, where I do a uh, every Saturday at noon Eastern, I do a thing called Books and Home Bartending, where I teach you how to make a fun little cocktail at home since you can't go out to bars now. And then I talk about fun books that I like to read and that you might too. So, well, maybe we should also mention that we're in two anthologies, well, we're in multiple anthologies together, yeah. but with our friend Chuck, if you want to try out our short stories. Um, oh, yeah. Called Three Slices. And mm -hmm. one called Death and Honey, where we have little stories from our other worlds. Um, yeah. so you get kind of, and then our friend Chuck has stories in those as well. Yes. So, yeah, um, Three Slices and Death and Honey. And those are out in both ebook and audio. And the audio is narrated by Luke Daniels. Um, so, or at least I, I think my, my stories are. Uh, I think you guys have different ones, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, there you go. Wow. That's that's where you can find us, and we hope to see you around. Man, we thank you. For we that. could yes. we could turn this into awesome. the Delilah and Kevin book club <laughs> with all that. We could just do all that. Keep it going. 
year or two at least. <laughs> You've got it all covered. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. We can't thank you enough. And everybody in the in the comments is super appreciative that y'all spent the time with us. Uh, y'all are amazing. Thank and you. We're going to sing your praises. So we'll spread the word. So, um, yeah. And uh, thank you so much. Yeah, that, thank you. That about wraps <laughs> us up. Hey, everyone is saying they're, they're so appreciative of, of your work, but they're also, we've had comments, they're so appreciative of your friendship and saying it's yeah. very evident in your work and that they love that as well. So thank you for sharing it with us. Yeah, yeah. So. very fortunate to know you, homie, and write with you. <laughs> Absolutely, it's it's one of the great privileges of my life to know you. Oh. So. We oh. were here for this. Yeah. This was nice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thank you, everybody. We we really appreciate it, and we hope we get to write some more Pell for you down the road. And we hope you enjoy No Country for Old Gnomes and uh, the Princess Beard. Yeah, we'll do. We're gonna spread the word. Thank Literally you. wasted people, spread the word. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see y'all. Yeah. Happy pellets. Happy pellets. <laughs> All right. We'll see everybody later. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.